Welcome back to Four and Toe Podcast, where moms can find encouragement on their journey through homeschooling. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and this is episode 19. Today's episode is the last of four in a mini series that I've been doing this month of interviews with homeschool influencers. Today, I'm talking with homeschool mom and podcaster, Misty Bailey. She's the host of Joyfully Homeschooling and blogger from FindingJoyInTheJourney.net. In this episode, we talk about the eclectic homeschool method. This is how I homeschool. So sitting down with a fellow eclectic homeschooler is super exciting to me. It's just like, it literally is two moms just sitting down discussing like, our interview is what it's like for me getting together with my friends, only we're recording it and letting you guys see what it's like. I'm not going to go much further than that. I'm just going to say, you guys, this was a great interview. Thank you so much for joining me on this mini series. So without further ado, here is my interview with Misty Bailey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our fourth and final addition to our Homeschool Influencers ep- uh, mini-series. Today, I'm here with Misty Bailey. Misty, welcome. Hello, how are you? I'm great, thanks. So you are the creator of the Joyfully Homeschooling podcast. Did I say that right? I didn't write it down. Yes, ma'am. You said that right. <laughs> and so tell me a little bit about your show. Um, for those of my podcast listeners who don't know you, because you're more famous than me because you've been around <laughs> longer. So, <laughs> But well, maybe there's somebody who's that. not heard of you yet. <laughs> yeah. So the goal of the Joyfully Homeschooling podcast is to encourage and inspire homeschool moms on their homeschool journey. So my goal with the podcast is just to provide practical tips for real life homeschooling. I talk to my guests about their stories, their struggles, and just real life. Um, My goal is to just encourage moms to embrace imperfection and strive for a more joyful homeschool. That's awesome. Now, were you always a podcast? Because I know like for me, I tried blogging first and then switched it to podcasting because I found out I'm just not into blogging. Does that yeah, hear so you most, or are you really a blogger? Yeah. yeah. So most people um, started off probably if they've heard of me before from the blog, join the journey. So that's kind of what I say. I'm the blogger behind join the journey and the podcaster behind joyfully homeschooling. The join the journey blog has been around since 2014. Okay. And I found that it was just hard to connect with people through a blog through words because I'm really not a very good writer. I like to talk. Yeah, same. Yeah. And so I started doing video and I'm like, my house is not set up for videos. So um, I started podcasting and I absolutely fell in love with it. So the Joyfully Homeschooling podcast will be two years old in April of 2020. That's awesome. Our podcasts are exactly a year apart from each other. I know. (laughs) We should throw ourselves a birthday party somehow. I am having a birthday party. <laughs> hey, listen, Are you do really? it. Yeah. And for my my one year podcast birthday party, I did a Facebook party. So you can do it. Oh, I'll that's a that's a great idea. All right. I'm picking your brain about that later. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I just have to say it right now. This is how eclectic moms who are the eclectic homeschool style, this is how we do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have never met Misty before in real life, and yet I feel like I'm talking with one of my friends that I see on a weekly basis. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So 
listeners, just so you're aware, Misty is an eclectic homeschooler just like myself. So if you have followed my podcast at all, we use the same style. However, I thought um, when Misty offered to be on my show, I thought it'd be a great idea to show you how eclectic homeschoolers are really incredibly different. So Misty, could you tell us uh, how many kids are you homeschooling and what grades are you homeschooling? Yeah, so we've always homeschooled. We started homeschooling in 2009 and my oldest did a small stint in public preschool until I broke her out over Christmas break. So my kids are ninth grade. My oldest is Allison, she's in ninth grade. My middle, Kristen, is in seventh grade. And then my youngest, Daniel, is in second grade. And my Daniel has some special needs. He has apraxia, dyslexia, ADHD, and dysgraphia. So we wow. have that in the mix That's as well. the gamut. Yeah. Yeah. We, my, uh, my second grader has dyslexia. Mm-hmm. And so I can appreciate the struggle there for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If I, I always say if he would have been my first, I don't know that I would have homeschooled. I don't know that I would have felt equipped to homeschool his needs. But now that I am homeschooling, I can totally see how it is a perfect fit for him. Yeah, that makes that makes so much sense. So for the sake of our listeners, mm-hmm. how would you define the eclectic educational approach? So when I think of eclectic homeschooling, I honestly think, and you're probably going to laugh at me, but I think <laughs> it's, it's, for me, it's, Eclectic homeschooling is the people who want to be a certain type of homeschool over here, and then they've got the squirrel, and then they like this idea over here, and then they kind of mix them all together into this big pile because they're constantly distracted by all these other homeschooling styles. So, and I'm doing hand motions, but nobody else can see it, but that is how I describe eclectic homeschooling. And and I'm nodding furiously over here because it's (laughs) totally true. Oh my gosh. Yes, I yeah. think we're soul sisters. <laughs> yeah, never met. Like, I know when I. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Well, when I when I first when I first started thinking about homeschooling, when God first laid it on my heart, I would get these catalogs in the mail, and I was drawn to the sunlight. Sunlight. Mm-hmm. Sunlight was over here, and it was like on this pedestal of what I always wanted to be. And I never could afford this pedestal. Right. And so then I was like, oh look, there's Charlotte Mason. Charlotte Mm -hmm. Mason is more nature-based and more, it's still got the literature approach. So that's what I wanted to be. And then I tried using it, tried doing Charlotte Mason and it just didn't work for me or my kids, but I still love the approach and I love the literature approach, but then I'm a textbook mom. I went to school to be a public school teacher. And so I'm like, I need my textbooks too. And so (laughs) it just ended up into this eclectic approach and we've been doing it for 10 years. So it's working for us. So yeah. Oh man. I'm like, yep, 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 (laughs) yep. Check. (laughs) I totally understand. Okay. So, so with three grades and with this eclectic approach, what does a day of school look like for you? Are you, um, now, well, wait, before I ask that question, are you the super structured type of eclectic homeschool mom where you're like at nine o'clock, we do this at 10 o'clock. We do this at 11 o'clock because I know some of us do that. And some I of am. Us... Okay. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm like a strict, we start at this time. Okay. So tell me then what does a day of school look like for you with that structure? Even if you want to like lay it out your like time frame of how you do that. Yeah. Tell me what that's like. So whenever my girls were younger, before my son was old enough to school, 
I kept the girls together. So we would always start off, our days still start off like they always have. So we always start off with like morning time. So when my girls were little, it was like more like of a circle time approach. You know, we did the pledge, we did like fun songs and um, story time and all of that. And as the kids have all gotten older, it's kind of changed. Mm-hmm. So now like our morning time, which we start school at 815 right now, we start school at 815. It's just the time that works for us through the years. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's been nine, sometimes it's been 10, but we've always had like a general start time for school. And it's changed based on my work schedule because I work from home. So that's kind of why our start time has always changed. And I used to run a daycare too. So um, now like our, we start off our days with morning time. Um, we use an audiobook. So right now we're using the Heroes of History series from Janet oh, cool. and Jeff Binge and focusing on American history because all three of my kids are doing American history this year. Um, last year we studied world, ge- world geography by using their Christian Heroes Then and Now series. And we studied the different countries where the missionaries lived. So during this time, we also do Bible, prayer journals. We like to start off like playing some games to kind of get our mind going, like trivia or spot it to get our brains moving. Um, Morning time lasts about 45 minutes, like 8.15 to 9 is kind of our goal. And after that, we move on to our book studies. So my girls now are both old enough to where they kind of dismiss themselves and work independently. So I work one-on-one with my son. Yeah. But when they were younger, um, I would keep the girls together. We would do history and science together. And we did, uh, we broke up our days into four 45 minute sessions. So each session required a different level of involvement from me, but this method of homeschooling worked really well. So like During the first block, I would maybe have the girls doing their independent math studies while I worked with my son. Um, And then I would bring all the kids together for the second block for history or science. And then they would split up again into another block to where two of them were independent and one of them kind of needed me to where I was able to kind of rotate myself around depending on which kid needed me at that time. So we did that for many years until both of my girls were independent. So um, that's kind of what a day in our homeschool looks like. My son starts, like I said, we start school at nine after morning time and he's normally done by 11, whereas Mm -hmm. the whole, the high schooler isn't done until probably one and the middle schooler is normally done around noon. So that's our day. What state are you, are you homeschooling from? Yeah. um, So I'm in Ohio. So our state is a moderate, is a moderate level of, um, what's the word, you know what I'm talking like, we have like legal, yeah. we, ha- we do have to like in Ohio, if that's what you're asking as far as like what our requirements are, yes. you have to test. Um, we don't have to test. You can choose between a test or a portfolio review every year. We have always tested. It was one of the agreements my husband and I made when we started homeschooling. He was like, I want them tested every year. So I obliged my special needs son. We don't test him. We do a portfolio assessment for him but we are going to start testing him probably in third grade. I'm figuring we might, we might test him, but with the girls, they've always been tested. And we turn those into our local school district with an outline of our sample curriculum every year. So that's how we homeschool in Ohio. Let's talk uh, curriculum specifics Mm because with this method, I know like there is, well, you can go back to my second episode of my podcast ever was the overwhelming task of choosing a curriculum because if you're Mm -hmm. going to homeschool with our style it seriously is 
overwhelming because there is so much out there. So oh, yeah. for, for example, like math, how, what do you use for math for your girls? And again, you've got like three different levels. Cause you've got high school, middle school and grade school. Um, did, are you, have you been one that's stuck with a particular company and said like, I love this math or I love this grammar or have you bounced around a little bit? Yeah. So when the girls were younger and I kept them together, we used Heart of Dakota and we used Mystery of History. So those were like the history programs we used. And it worked really well to keep the girls together when they were younger. And then at one point they wanted to kind of separate. And so since then we have used Knotgrass History and we are using Knotgrass History with my son as well. So that's kind of my top pick for history. Not that the other programs were bad, but that's just what we continue. We plan on continuing using um, for science. We've always used apology of science. It has been yeah. super, super simple to keep all the kids together, regardless of grade level, at least until they're in junior high. Um, yeah. So that's like the only science we've ever used for math. We used Christian light education math whenever mm -hmm. the kids were younger. And then as soon as they're old enough, we put them on the computer with teaching textbooks. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, teaching textbooks is a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal math program. I cannot say enough good things about it. However, I will add that my, I am not a math teacher. Like I'm not, that's one reason why my kids have always been on the computer for math. It's because I cannot teach math. So when my oldest started needing a little bit more help with math than what I or teach or teaching textbooks could give her, we switched her over to Mr. D. And so she actually takes live math classes now with Mr. D. Um, so that's kind of how we're doing math for language arts. I've never really found a program that I've been like, oh my gosh, this is what we've used all along. We have really jumped around. So, Just like me. Yeah, we've jumped around. And I loved, I loved teaching my girls to read with Hooked on Phonics. And I taught many of my daycare kids to read with Hooked on Phonics. I think I, think I had seven kids go through my Hooked on Phonics program. Loved it but it never worked for my son. And so we've jumped around a lot with reading programs with him where he has dyslexia. I've never found a good grammar program because diagramming sentences is just like, why do they even have to teach that? <laughs> and so I have no recommendations there, but all the other subjects I've got covered. There's your recommendations, but I've got That's nothing awesome. in the language arts department. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can feel you there. Okay. So again, for the sake of my listeners, so here's another example of two homeschoolers that use the same style, but are completely different because of the list you just gave me, Apologia is the only one that I've heard of. No, really? no, wait, no, wait. I've heard of teaching textbooks, teaching textbooks yeah. I've heard of, but the rest of them I have not heard of. And I use Apologia. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I love apology. I do too. I do too for the same reason you love it because I have four kids. And so that's four grade levels. Well, grade levels. We're going to use that loosely because my youngest um, thinks she's in school. I am teaching her. She's definitely learning, but I don't have to report her for another yeah. couple of years. She's four. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she's there learning all about these all about science with us through the Apologia books. And and we've got fourth grade through four years old that we're teaching. So it's great. Yeah. But yeah, isn't that interesting that like we have, there's just literally so much out there that there is. There <laughs> I haven't is. heard of some of these things. And I'm a second generation homeschooler. Oh, really? Yeah. And so that's, 
that's what blows my mind sometimes is that I can be a second generation homeschooler and not know some of this stuff because for a long time, you'd say Sunlight or you would say Abeka or you would say Saxon and everyone's like, oh yeah, we use that because there was like that many choices. And now <laughs> it's like the options are endless. Yeah. And I always say too, like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like just because somebody recommends a homeschool program, don't, if what you're using is working, don't try to fix it by using what somebody else recommends. Right. But those are just some more programs we've really had. We've really had good luck with them and they've worked really well for our family. But there's so many out there. Like I could do a whole episode about homeschool curriculum. Oh my gosh. I know it. I know it. <laughs> Hey, what if you and I did some bonus episodes for our listeners? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it could totally insane. do it. Yeah. It's insane. Um, have you tried all about reading yet for your I did. Son? Okay. I did. So with him, we have used, I tried Hooked on Phonics. We did Nessie. We did all about reading. Um, we did reading eggs. Mm -hmm. And now we are on logic of English. And the problem with Daniel is where he has apraxia, which is a language disability as well. Mm -hmm. He does really well with the reading program for a while. And then he hits a wall based on his speech because Aww. his mouth literally cannot form the sounds. Sure. And so he's still, while he can read, he reads based on sight, not phonetics. And okay. his mouth still can't form some of the vowel sounds, even though he's eight. So hmm. we are back. We are with Logic of English, which my friend Marianne Sunderland from Homeschooling with Dyslexia recommended to me years ago, and I did not take her recommendation. <laughs> and we're back to it just to learn the basics of vowel sounds, oh, because yeah. that's what he needs. Is he just does mm -hmm. not understand because he couldn't say them for so long. Yeah. So. Uh, all about readings are great. Like I said, we've used so many wonderful programs, but just for his specific needs where we're running with such a wide range of learning struggles, it's mm -hmm. been really hard to find a good fit for him. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's difficult. I tried three different programs with my daughter with dyslexia, and that was the one that ended up working. Mm -hmm. And that's the one that came most recommended. Mm -hmm. it, that was the one that she just finished. She's in, like I said, she's in second grade, but she just finished level one, which is, I don't know, quote unquote, geared for first mm -hmm. graders. Um, yeah. It's the first grade reading level. We just finished it. And actually, well, I don't know if this is TMI. We can't afford to buy the second level yet. So we're just at the point where we're working with Bob books again. <laughs> yeah. And we really liked the Bob books. We loved the Bob books and we kept our all about reading readers. Mm -hmm. We kept yeah. them. Um, because they were great for him, but just the phonetics, it moved so mm -hmm. fast, even going at a slower pace, it still moved mm -hmm. faster than what his little mouth could, could say. And it's, it's mm -hmm. an amazing, awesome program, but logic of English, I think, I think fingers crossed is going to be, um, a good fit for us just because of the way that they introduce those vowel sounds and the way that it's working, we can go slower and he doesn't feel like he's being babied. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's worked out really well so far. And it's not very teacher intensive, which is awesome. Oh. All about reading was very teacher intensive for me. Yes. And with his ADHD, it was just like, whoa. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> oh, I get it. Oh, I get it. So do you have like a new mom comes to you and she's like, I want to learn homeschooling. I like, uh, what are your must have go-tos that you're like, start here? What are yeah. some of those things? 
So my number one book is Teaching from Rest by Sarah McKenzie. And I actually did not read that until probably my sixth year, fifth or sixth year homeschooling, because I had hit a major burnout wall. I was like, Mm. but I didn't realize I was in burnout. I was still doing everything great and wonderful and not in burnout mode in my mind. And I went to her session at the great homeschool convention because it was talking about rest. And I was like, great, I'm going to go to this session and I'm going to learn how to make my kids give me rest. That is what I'm going to learn from this session. <laughs> and I went and I cried through her whole session because it was really just about as, as us as moms letting go and just teaching from a state of rest, which I think is a classical homeschooling approach. So I don't know. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But because I think, I think Sarah McKenzie is a classical homeschooler. But anyway, that book blew my mind. And so I have actually bought copies for many homeschool moms that I've seen and burn out on our homeschool group and just give it to them. But like, listen, here you go. Like, you need to read this. I see you. You need to read this. Um, <laughs> it's an amazing, amazing book. Another one is Desperate by Sarah May, which is not, it's not a homeschool book. I had Sarah May on the podcast. She used to homeschool. She doesn't homeschool anymore. But that book just is really all about pouring ourselves as moms into our kids and not taking the time to let ourselves again, rest, which I think many homeschool moms fall in the trap of as far as for brand spanking new homeschoolers. Um, I really liked lies homeschooling moms believe by Todd Wilson. And then the whole educated or wholehearted child by Sally Clarkson is another really good one. Um, there's tons of books out there. When I started homeschooling, there was like a wide range of books that like most moms probably haven't even heard of now. Um, so I also really liked Brave Learner by Julie Bogart. That was a really good book and Homeschool Bravely by Jamie Erickson. Those are both newer books. Those are really good books I've listened to. So is that too many recommendations? No, that's great. I'm all about give us as many recommendations as you can, because you never know. Some people may have these books on their shelf and not realize how good they are. Yeah. And another, another thing I want to mention is I have the homeschool mom's Bible by Zondervan Mm -hmm. and I really, really like it as well. Um, It's got little devotionals in it throughout the Bible. We've weaved in it throughout the Bible and I also really recommend that for Christian homeschool moms, especially those getting started because there's just little, little tidbits of wisdom tucked in it throughout the Bible. So I also recommend that. That's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about the whole list because I, I don't know about you, but I, I love books. And so my approach tends to be a lot of literature based stuff, even for things that aren't language arts. (laughs) I have this really bad habit of buying books and putting them on my shelf. (laughs) I have a really bad habit of buying books, loving them, loaning them out and not remembering who I gave them to and then posting on Facebook. Hey, who did I let borrow X, Y, Z? Where's this book at? I need to pass it on to somebody else and I can't find it. So yeah. I literally just did that this week. (laughs) We need a book for history. I can't remember who has it. I'm like, who has it? I had one of my buddies from Seattle message me. He's like, I'm searching my shelves just so I can make you happy. I'm like, Brad, I know it wasn't you. You're in Seattle. (laughs) Well, like I cannot find my current, my own personal copy of teaching from rest. No no. clue where it's at. (laughs) 
<laughs> like it's my personal copy. There's a reason I buy other people <laughs> copies and I can't find my own personal copy of Teaching from Rest. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm afraid I loaned it out thinking that I, I'm afraid I gave it away thinking that it was one that mm. I bought, but I can't find it. I'm getting ready to order. <laughs> <laughs> Just start buying them in bulk from Sarah. <laughs> like, you're going to have like a yeah, membership card like from Read Aloud Revival. <laughs> yeah, like, see, I'm not, I'm not connected with Sarah personally, but I could message like, like Colleen or Pam and be like, hey, will you text Sarah? Tell her that there's somebody over here that's wanting bulk both copies and maybe maybe my connections can get me through to there and do it yeah sarah mckenzie we have a great suggestion for you it's called a <laughs> subscription box just send us podcast moms boxes of your books and we will boxes just keep books. giving them away keep giving them away totally <laughs> i'll put that recommendation out there <laughs> it's great yeah i um a friend of mine gave me four books at the beginning of this school year um, and one of them was teaching from rest, um, that were like just encouraging mom kind of homeschool books. And I have not yet read it. It is sitting on my shelf and I've had, you are now the second person within this series to suggest that I read that. I've had several other moms tell me to read it as well. So it really needs to be my February book of the month. It's really good. And it's, it's interesting because it comes at you from a point. I mean, Sarah's got like lots of kids Mm -hmm. and she comes to you at a point of no matter what season you are in homeschooling, whether you're a new homeschool mom or whether you've been doing this for a while, it really talks to you, speaks to you. And it just makes, for me personally, it reminded me why I started homeschooling to begin with, because I think we can lose sight of that. We can lose sight of that in our methods of homeschooling. We can lose sight of that in our goals of homeschooling. We can lose sight of that just and raising our kids, like why we're even doing this. And I think she just brings you back around to remind you of why you began homeschooling, which is going to be different for every person. Mm-hmm. But in remembering our why, that's where we can get to the point of teaching from rest and remembering what the big picture is and what is most important. And it's not always going to be academics or books. It actually rarely is going to be those things. But if you get back to the point and remember your why, everything else in your homeschool will fall into place. And so she just does such an amazing job of getting that point across. So yeah, it's my top pick. Yeah, that's awesome. Misty, this has been such a fun conversation. Thank you so much for being part of this. I really enjoyed meeting you. This was fantastic. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me on. I feel special. Yay. So Tell us again how my listeners can follow you with your blog, uh, website, your podcast, socials. Where can people find you? Yeah. So I, my blog is findingjoyinthejourney.net. The podcast is joyfullyhomeschooling.com. You can also catch the podcast on any of your favorite podcast apps. We're on all of them. My Instagram is mistybailey underscore. And then I'm also on Facebook at join the journey with Misty Bailey. Cool. Awesome. So listeners, be sure to go follow her on all of her socials, subscribe to her podcast as well. And let us know what you think of this episode in the comments. We, we would love to know what you thought. And did you find this helpful at all? (laughs) I know I did. I love listening to homeschool moms talk to each other. I don't even have to be part of the conversation. I just love listening to it. So 
So I'm going to say there's probably another person, at least one other person out there like me who enjoyed this as well. Yeah, I hope so. Great. Well, thank you, Misty. And guys, we'll see you next time. Yep. Have a great day. If you liked what you heard during this season, be sure to leave a review on the podcast app of your choice and rate the show as well to give other potential listeners an idea of what our show is like. Join me next time as I begin a brand new mini series, Interviews with Unschooling Moms. So make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you want to know more about that style of homeschooling. Support for this podcast was brought to you by our wonderful Patreon family. Join today and you will have access to our monthly exclusive episodes, which will be starting in February. So until then, have a great week and mama, you've got this.